Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. For another episode of Nobody Told Me That, and I have my constant companion and co-host, Kevin Henry, on the line. What's up, Kevin? Hey, my friend. You'll never get rid of me out here. So, so for those of you who are wondering why why he's threatening me in such a way, Kevin just re- recorded a, a promo for ADA uh, in 2019 in San Francisco. Yep. And we're giving a course together. And so in the promo, he actually said, um, I can't get rid of her when he's talking about me, which made me laugh, but then made me think, wow, now I sound like a psycho. So it's true. You know, we'll have a little security right now in San Fran. It'll be fine. No worries. I mean, so. I get it. Sometimes we're like Laurel and Hardy, but now you're putting it up like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type thing. So, I mean, I got to watch this. <laughs> I got to watch this branding that you're trying to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, we always have to recreate ourselves, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, so we have had uh, a little bit of a break for between podcasts because we had life stuff going on. Uh, Kevin had an awful lot of trips and he was busy, busy speaking. My boy graduated from high school and um, it sunk into me that we are now taking him to college. And that, you know, really just like hit like a freight train. So we've had a lot going on. And, and so we apologize for not having a more regular show. I hope you enjoyed the last one with Susan Gunn, who is just phenomenal. If you haven't listened to it, go back. It talks about all about uh, finances and Kevin, she's coming on your podcast. So you'll have her coming up soon and she'll take it from the assistance point of view, which I'm, I'm curious to hear that. Yeah, I'm super excited. We're going to talk about ethics and the dental assistant. So I think that's going to be such a big one. I'm telling you, you know, I would have dug in so much deeper with her if we had time, I need to have her back in because the ethics thing is, is huge. I, I mean, I was sharing with her, I get so many questions on improper billing. Like, is it okay for me to do this? Is it okay yeah. for me to do that? And then I imagine on your side, you probably hear a lot of oh, yeah. complaints about just bad dentistry, right? Yeah. The whole single use isn't really single use. I hear that so often and horror stories about things being sterilized that should not be sterilized just because they want to try to save some money. Oh my God. So, That's yeah. frightening. It is. That's, you know? It's frightening. And and here's what my experience was, was it wasn't necessarily the offices that were struggling or in, you know, low income areas where you would kind of expect that they feel like they're crunched, you know, they're not making yeah. a lot of money. It wasn't those. It was Dude. sometimes it was the higher ends. It's a mindset. I mean, it, it doesn't matter where you are in this great land of ours. Unfortunately, that's a mindset. And, you know, I, I get being thrifty and I get being business savvy. But, man, if I'm sitting in your chair, I don't I don't want you to be that thrifty. I got to be honest with you. I really right. don't. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't quite want dollar store dentistry. I don't, you know. Like I mean at least Walmart. Like right? so you come on, upgrade me at least to that. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> I don't necessarily want Nordstrom's because like I, I need to send my boy to college. Like that's the reality of it all. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you, and you know, you you know mom, she's she's become a regular topic on here, but she was so excited yesterday telling me that she's learned that there is going to be an upper end dollar store coming into their area. 
And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't know if those two words go together, but okay. What do you mean upper end? Like three dollar store? <laughs> That's, you know, it's still gonna be a dollar, but they're they're better items. And I'm just kinda going, I can't wait to visit Oklahoma next month and, and see exactly what this is. So I'll give you You know what? I'm not gonna lie. I'm really curious and interested. Well, there's you know, I know planes go from your area to Tulsa anytime you want. So just you know, hop on. <laughs> so, I think Miss me and Miss Ruth Allen would have a really good time shopping. Summer slam, I'm just telling you, we could make that all happen. <laughs> yes, for those of you who are, are not familiar, Kevin's mom shares our love of the WWE. In oh, fact, that's probably how Kevin got his love of the WWE. Yep. Yep. So, uh, and, and for those of you who just made that, what the hell face, that's just, you know, you love us. You got to love what we love as well. Right. <laughs> so, so many little warts that we all have. Let's be honest. So, you know, I, I got really excited because uh, the other thing that I really love is the uh, MMA. I love mixed martial arts. I love to watch it. And yep. UFC just announced that's the biggest uh, organization. They just announced their schedule and they're coming back to DC in oh, December. Nice. Nice. We're very excited. And it'll be right in the in right in downtown DC. You know where the uh, convention center is, Kevin, that, that right. you've spoken at there. Like where the um, Wizards and Caps play? Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. I'm super excited. I already have like the pre-sale date, you know, circled and, and we're getting tickets. And I was bummed because Noah's going to have finals during that time. And he likes to come to the UFC with me. And I'm like, finals, how hard can finals be? Yeah. But, you know, Ooh. I can't do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hate to say it, but I'm, I think I'm going to drag Norman Oh my God! To go with me, and wow. I think it's going to be one of those nights because when you drag Dana, or actually Dana took you to a WWE yeah, as your as a present, you, right? You could file it under things she immediately regretted. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> I bet if there was a camera fixed on her, the the caption would be, "This is my life now." <laughs> things I regret highly. Number one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I, I think Nor- Norman's been to an MMA fight with me, and it's just kind of, I think he enjoyed it, but I think it was one of those, I can cross this off the list now, so I don't think he knows that uh, he's going to have to come with me. Or, honestly, I'm just going to have to go by myself, and, and I don't. I have no problems doing well, that. So and I will tell you, there are countless times that Dana has looked at me and said, is Teresa available for that? So, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> So you know, <laughs> we do need to we do need to check the uh, the schedules for next year. Uh, some, something that uh, we can share with our listeners. Something we're working on is going around the country. We're planning a tour for next year where we come and speak to auxiliary members, and we're picking out the cities now. We have a, a rough draft of the cities, but Kevin, one thing we did not consider is the WWE schedule. You know, uh, I think we may have to, to uh, after this uh, podcast, go back and rethink our strategy. I'm just saying. I, I agree, because in the past couple of years, people don't know this. We actually, you know, we look. If we're if we're speaking in the same town, we look. You know, I look to see if UFC is in town. Kevin looks to see if WWE is in town. And then second tier entertainment is who's playing baseball in town. You got to look at this, you Kevin. Know, seriously, that's, that's a project for after we get done. I, I, yeah, that's a brilliant thought you just have, my friend. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need we need to do that because you know if we're going to be on the road together all that time, we might as well enjoy three hours. <laughs> you know, and maybe, maybe we'll have like a, a listener appreciation party, or you know, uh, we'll we'll bring along a couple of lucky guests from our day to, to spend the evening oh. with us. 
That's a great idea, actually. That's that's a great idea. We may need to buy an extra ticket or two. And uh, that's it. Yeah, that that sounds like fun. Okay, we've totally gone off the rails as normals. <laughs> so, but yes, but we will keep you informed on the tour for next year. We'll have some dates in the cities. And what's really cool about this, Kevin had the great idea to not necessarily hit the big cities because we we do by the, with the associations, but the cities that are big, but kind of in between the bigger cities that maybe it takes too long. Like, you want to explain that a little yeah. bit, what your thought process was well, you with know, that? Uh, so, uh, Teresa and I are in different parts of the country. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, she's on the East Coast. Uh, they're in the D.C. area, and I'm in Denver area. And so, you know, when you start looking at a map, and, you know, and I'll just use my area as an example. There, certainly, everybody would go, oh, Denver, it's a great spot to go to. But there are a lot of places within a couple hours of Denver or a little bit longer that sometimes people need the CE, but maybe that's just too much of a commitment for them, especially if we're doing an evening program, than to drive back. So the Pueblos, the Cheyenne, Wyoming's, the Grand Junction, Colorado's, the Farmington, New Mexico's, the Durango's, uh, you know, there's a lot of places mm-hmm. where there are some great dental professionals and great dental pockets, and a lot of people don't often come to them because... Maybe it's not the easiest path to get to. Well, Teresa and I kind of sat down one day and we said, you know what? We're willing to do that. And uh, so we're really excited about going to some of these uh, maybe more out-of-the-way areas, but still have great people, great dental practices, and uh, I'm super excited about being there. It's, it's something that I think a lot of speakers would like to do, but really the drawback is driving yeah. in between. and. If I had to do it on my own, I I probably would be a little bit more averse to it. But doing a road trip with somebody that we can switch on and off with driving um, or just, you know, like I could snooze or you could snooze, whatever. It's that makes it a lot easier and you can make that drive. I, I remember speaking one night in Toledo and I had to drive to, was it Columbus, Ohio or Cincinnati? It's somewhere up. One of those Ohio cities, Cleveland. Oh goodness. I was trying to remember what the other (laughs) city was. So I had to drive from, it was awful. So I had to drive from Toledo, leaving Toledo around nine 30 and getting up to Cleveland and then hitting traffic because, of course, when do they do work on the roads? Night. I remember running into traffic and I didn't roll into the hotel until I want to say close to 1130, 1145. And then speaking the next morning at, you know, you got to be there at 6, you know, 630, 730 to make sure everything's set up. You can't just walk in and breeze in. You know, you got to be part of setup, meet people, make sure everything's running OK. And I it was by four o'clock that yeah, afternoon. I, I, did that. I, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was done. <laughs> and that's not we're not delivering what we promised at that point, right? Absolutely. You know, and, and to be able to travel with somebody that you not only respect in the industry, but also a good friend. Uh, you know, I, I'm very much looking forward to this. And the thing that I found just in some of the preliminary work that we've done to to get these dates together and everything is just the genuine excitement. Of like, wait, you're coming here, you know, uh, almost kind of thing. So, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, yeah. you think our podcasts are wild now. Just wait till we do one like driving at nine o'clock at night, uh, you know, uh, through the mountains of Montana. Uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be a blast. It'll be a Thelma and uh, Lewis, not, not Louise, but like a Thelma and Lewis thing, right? I've got my scarf ready. Just, just to sign me up. 
<laughs> so so when uh, when we were on our break, we both had a lot of speaking engagements. And one thing that you and I talked about was we always kind of regroup. What are you hearing out there? That's yeah. something Kevin and I do on a regular basis because we both speak to teams and auxiliaries. You know, what are you hearing? What's going on? And, and one thing that I brought back from my time at the Pacific Northwest was a, a really strong feeling of old guard versus new guard uh, staff. And and what I mean by that, I, I had a course that I gave called um, Who Are These People? And it was a guide to personalities in the office. Not And I was really strong on saying this is not a personality test. Like, Kevin, you're strong yeah. on this. There are other personality tests and types. This was me talking about, like, the person who throws you under the bus, the, the person who clocks out at five o'clock. So it wasn't necessarily types. It was those characters. And so it was a fun class, lots of laughter. The people were awesome, but it really came up this whole people who are in there for a long time, not necessarily wanting to change and people who are coming in wanting to change. And it's that whole old versus new. And I, I'm careful not to say old. I mean, veteran, you know, who've been there a long time, not necessarily old because somebody who's 30, who's been in that job for 10 years, is going to be stuck in their ways as well. And and you you mentioned that you see that as well in dental assisting settings. Oh, definitely. You know, this is the first time in history where we've got five generations that are all in the workplace together. Some of those mindsets, they're not wrong, but certainly a lot of people have different mindsets about how one task should be done or how one problem should be tackled in the practice. And I will tell you, people trying to tackle that problem, sometimes that becomes more divisive than anything else just because you hear, well, we've never done it that way. We tried it once and it didn't work. And then these newer assistants who are coming in uh, are getting very frustrated because they feel like their creativity is being squashed. And so it, it, gets, it blows up very quickly. And what's really dangerous, too, is when you have a doctor who is a serial, I guess, tester is a good way of putting it. Because what that does is, now bear with me here, what that does is it jades the existing team. So what what happens, and I'll give you an example, is a doctor will go to a trade show, you know, love this new composite material, love this new whatever the shiny new toy is, and then they bring it back and then they don't do it or the potential's not realized. So then the next year they go to the trade show and, oh, let, this is cool too. We That'll solve the problem. That's why I never did this. Now we have that. And then it happens all over again. So you have a team often that is used to the doctor wanting to try new things and it just doesn't make a difference. So it's hard on somebody coming in wanting to give good you know, suggestions. And then you hear the, the infamous, yeah, but, and I, you know, I call those the yeah, butters because that you'll hear, yeah, but, and then they'll give all these reasons why it's not going to work. So do you run into the yeah, butters a lot in your classes? Sure. Absolutely. You know, and, I hear kind of like you do a lot of people saying that the yeah, butters are the ones that are just completely sucking the the life out of the practice almost. And, and, and and again, I, I'm all for, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that if something is tried and true, yeah, I stick with it. Uh, So I'm not a guy that would go to trade shows every year and switch composites or whatever it might be. But at the same time, I think you have to be open to ideas that, you know, how how Julia, how Noah looks at the world is different than how you and I look at it. It doesn't mean we're right or Absolutely. wrong either way, but certainly we've got to be open to listening to this next generation coming in and some of the ideas that they have 
because some of the ideas they've got are pretty darn good. It's interesting, though, because we where I'm running into, it sounds like yours with, with material and techniques. What I'm running into is um, the way we communicate with patients. So I uh, think people are realizing that, you know, insurance is always going to be, you know, we have to adapt with insurance because it's changing so fast. I don't, I very rarely, people that are still using films and mailing in x-rays and mailing in paper claims, they don't come to my classes. So that's not my audience anyways, right? They're going to keep doing that. But what I hear all the time are people coming in and they know they need to reach their patients or they know they need to be available for their patients immediately, but they are they are stuck with the idea that they have to answer the phone, that they can't outsource that or they can't um, communicate a different way because I don't know about you, but even I'm at the point now where I'd rather not call any business. Like if I need to do any business, I'd rather chat or I'd rather, you know, do it via email or whatever. I really honestly don't want to talk to anybody. I'm the exact same way. And, and, you know, I, but yet it's funny whenever, uh, you know, and you and I both know about a great product from Weave that's out there that will, it it gives a separate number and it'll send a text message back to the person, just kind of asking what is they're looking for, things like that. So that, it does a little bit of the homework ahead of time. And it's amazing how it's such a great product. And yet if I talk about it in a class, people just look like, oh, my God, what is this? You know, and yeah. not in a good way, you know, and, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. I, will, I will give you my my take on why front office people, receptionists, admins, managers of my age are not wanting to do this. It's because. And I understand because I, I think I would probably be this way as well unless, you know, somebody really sat down and explained it to me. When a patient used to call the office and I answered the phone, it was, I mean, I would convert that patient. It would be something unstoppable that would keep me from getting that that point, that appointment done. And it was because I was really good on the phone. I was personable. I knew what questions to ask. I did them quickly. I was really good at it. So me on the phones was a, was a real, like, just let me loose, right? So when I hear that there's something else that patients can use to talk to, my immediate thought is, but they won't get my touch. That's true. You know, they won't get my conversation. And honestly, the more I think about it, that's we're not making it about the patient. We're making it about us. Um, and that's something that I probably would not have realized very easily if I were still in practice. But hearing it from so many other people that when they let go of that need to talk to the patient on the phone, it becomes easier. The, the chatting and the texting, you know, that's how everybody talks nowadays. Why do we keep forcing our patients yeah, to call? I agree. You know, and and, 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 and well, and I was just going to say, it's like you said a minute ago that, that we even, you know, and I'll say our age, you know, all of a sudden we're become very adapt to chatting with the bank online or with the airline online. You know, I, I'm amazed how quick a response I can get to, if I tweet Southwest Airlines, you know, on Twitter. Uh, my God, you know, I can I can get my answer so quickly Absolutely. just that way instead of trying to dial them up and talk to a representative. It's amazing, yeah, because I for I fly United all the time and I have the the Premier Helpline as a phone, you know, a saved number just in case. And I don't I don't knock on wood, I don't really need to use it that often. But I found that even when I'm on hold, I would tweet to United and I would get a customer service hookup faster than the than the phone. So. I, I agree with you. That's they're just they're doing it the right way. Now, when it comes to 
the generations, and I know you really are strong in this. Um, one thing that I was reading about, and I love your input. One thing I was reading about is that the studies now are out there because now there's enough time has passed where the millennials are actually showing themselves to stay in jobs longer. They're actually showing themselves to be happy at their jobs. Again, not motivated really necessarily by the money. And so I've been reading a lot of articles that are like millennials are not the problem. In the same breath, those articles are saying, but the next generation is the problem. So <laughs> yeah. are, are we are we going to see and what and what is the population after this? That, that's Gen Z, I think, Gen right? Gen Z, yes. The, the Z. Okay, so Gen yeah. Z, which is my 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 son is probably a textbook Gen Z, probably Julia is as well, or maybe on the cusp. But but what ends up happening is I think the next generation comes up and I think any of us who are older, our tendency is to say, well, you know, kids nowadays or when it was yeah. when we did it. And 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 I, that's the trap I think we're falling into. Are, now, are you hearing that about the millennials? Yeah. You know, and, and it goes all the way back to what we started talking about, the change thing. And, and I think that we are so afraid of what's coming, uh, you know, and, and yet whenever it gets here, we all of a sudden go, oh, well, that's not so bad. I mean, it's kind of like Y2K. And we all had, you know, canned tuna and, you know, bottled water stored in the, the cellar because the world's going to fall apart, you know, and, and spoiler alert, it didn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I think that what we're doing so much is that we're thinking we know what this generation is going to do. And we're almost have these preconceptions. And then whenever somebody from that generation walks into our practice or our place of business, we're already expecting them to act a certain way without giving them the benefit of the doubt and seeing how they're going to act. And I, and I think that that's one of the biggest things that is hurting a lot of dental practices who are running. And again, as a business, if you're prejudging an employee before he or she ever steps foot in that door or starts day one, and you're putting them behind the eight ball immediately, as well as your relationship with that person, too. Yeah. You know, honestly, it's uh, it's interesting you said that because the first thing that popped to mind was, uh, you know, we always hear the joke. Did you just assume my gender? Yeah. You know, and, and what we're doing, though, is we're assuming their generation. So we're we're stereotyping yeah. them completely. And uh, that's that's very dangerous, like you said, uh, because really what happens is the first time they act in that way, you ignore everything else they're doing right. And you focus in on on that because it, it has met your expectations. Yep. So so you have um, you have assistance of all ages in your classes, as do I. I'm surprised how young a lot of these managers are coming in. And and of course, I can always spot the young ones because they are taking the most notes oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and they always stay afterwards to talk. And, and one, one very lovely girl came up to me. She really was just a, a fun to talk to. She, she said, I'm new. I'm a new manager. And she said, nobody in the office will listen to me because they're all older. Yep. Meanwhile, I've got, you know, five years experience in a DSO I've got, you know, but I come to the single location and I'm trying to implement proven business skills and nobody will listen to me. And, you know, we brainstormed a little bit, but but you probably are hearing that as well from assistants who know they can make a difference. And then there's nothing. Oh, I, I can tell you a specific instance of an assistant I talked to in Utah uh, during the Utah dental meeting. And she came up to me afterwards and she basically told me that the next week was going to be her last week in the practice because she felt like everything she suggested, nobody would pay attention to because of her age. And so... 
you know, and, no. and she, she almost had tears in her eyes and, and I could almost picture her as my daughter, you know, I mean, and, and my God, it's scary how mm-hmm. young these, these uh, people are getting in our classes, isn't it? But uh, yeah, you know, oh we, we lose so many, not just assistance out of the industry because of not being willing to give something a chance or not being willing to give them a chance. But if they don't leave the industry, they're squashed. And they lose every bit of enthusiasm, and they are those mm-hmm. zombies that are just walking around and just doing things to get through to the end of the day. And that's no way to have a career or to live. But I'm absolutely seeing it a lot. So and we, let's go over the advice because I don't want to just like bitch about stuff. Like let's give them, <laughs> let's give them some advice. Uh, what did you say to that? To that? Uh, to that one, and then I'll talk about what I, you know, my my advice back to my uh, conversation was. Well, I, I told her, I said, first of all, I hope next week isn't your last week, and and because I I think she had a lot to offer our our industry and dental assistants as a career need these young, vibrant, excited men and women coming up through the ranks to give new blood to the career path. They just have to. It's that simple. And so, you know, I, I encouraged her to, to, to take a step back. It was a Friday when we talked. Take a step over the weekend. Really think about it. And I said, but if you can go in on Monday and you can say, don't look at me as a 22-year-old or a 24-year-old. Look at me as somebody who is actually having some ideas that could help our business grow. And the reason I'm suggesting this is because I want to be a part of a business that grows and I want to be a part of this. You know, I, I think that when you frame it as I'm trying to do what's best for all of us, not just because it's new or different, and that's not why I'm suggesting it, that maybe that frames it just in a little path. And if you can speak that same language of successful business, successful for everybody, maybe it'll open up a few eyes and ears. So that is, I mean, that's, that's great advice. Um, and I'm wondering if what is the next step is, Maybe she needs to maybe find another home, um, another office. Yeah. And yep. do you ever bring that right. up to people? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I and I say all the time, life's too short to be miserable. And I don't care if I, you're talking about your personal life or your professional life. I believe wholeheartedly. And, right. and I, I never tell assistants to quit their job. But I'm also telling them if they feel like they've chased every avenue and they're still frustrated, then absolutely look for somewhere that's going to value you. Because if you are a trained assistant who's passionate about what he or she does, I guarantee you're always going to find a home somewhere. I never, I, I, I never tell anybody to quit their job except for, I mean, there's a few instances. I'm sure you're, you've, you have the same kind of guidelines, but if I hear that they're being abused in any way verbally, um, then I'm like, you know, dude, there's too many other offices out there that, that need talent. Um, the job market for for assistants and receptionists and managers is great. It's a buyer's it, it's a yeah. buyer's market right now. I'm sorry, a seller's market right now. If you're the uh, the person who's going around looking for a job, the, for all I'm hearing from managers is it's so tough to find people because we're in a pretty decent job market right now. Yeah. Nobody's really moving around. So so it's so I'm telling you, if you put yourself out there and you are a really good conscientious worker, you will find another job. So I, I tell them to quit if they 
have an abuse situation going on or if there's outright ethics involved, um, fraud and all that kind of stuff. And, and I, you know, you, we both see that a lot. And I, I hear some really egregious situations that people need to get out of as fast as they can. So I, I try not to do the whole, you know, quit and find another job. But sometimes these stories I hear, you know, uh, managers that are being brought into the office. One girl said she gets brought into the office at the end of every day. And he makes her sit there while he goes over the deposit and the day, day sheet because he wants her to be there in case he has a question. And it takes him about 30 minutes. And and she just sits there. Oh, and God. yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's that's not really that's not really a manager. That's that's a subservient situation there. Uh, there's a lack of respect in that. I mean, if you have a question, then let the person work and go out there and ask them. But but that to me is more of a power trip than anything. She, and she was crying. She was shaking when she was telling me this. And I just thought, wow, you like, I need to find something to hire you for because you need out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's it's tough. So so my advice to, to this lady who, um, you know, really was just getting nowhere and, and she had this, you know, the young complex. She has the baby face complex is really what I, I kind to refer to it sometimes. I said to her that you you need to stop thinking about that. And I know that that's easier said than done, but I I need you to to flip that. I need you to stop thinking about this is why they're not listening to me and turn it around to this is why they're going to listen to me and you're going to be a lot more assertive about it because if she's got the authority to be the manager then she needs to use that authority. And the doctor, I said, you know, if you were to discipline one of these girls, would the doctor stand behind you? And she said, yes, the doctor knows there's an issue and that's why he brought me in. And I said, then do it. That's your job. So it was a real, I don't want to say come to Jesus meeting, but it was really, she needed to flip her whole perspective because she's not there. She was not hired by these girls. She was hired by the doctor. And if she's letting the girls get to her, then she's not doing her job. And once I told her she's not doing her job in a very nice way, that clicked for her because she's an she's an achiever. So once she heard I'm not doing my job, she was like, oh, I need to do my job. And and it, I, I mean, the light bulb just came on. And and so if any assistants are listening, I know I know we have some bleed over because we definitely I hear feedback from a lot of people. Uh, that are on both sides for the assistants that are listening, then you own your position, right? You, you've done it. You've earned it. If you're a certified dental assistant, you went through a lot to get that. I mean, it's not easy to do that. Um, if you've organized and set up inventory projects, if you've ever coordinated, uh, you know, patient care through implants, through dentures and all of that, you know, your job, don't, don't let somebody else think, make you feel that as if you don't know your job. It, it's a mindset. If you're, if you feel like you're the younger person and nobody's going to listen to you, that's going to happen. You know, we, we've talked in, in previous podcasts about bullying and that it happens in the practice. You know, it, you know, bullying isn't just something that happens uh, whenever we're in high school or grade school or whatever it might be. It still exists today. And, and I think that you, you bring up such an important point that you cannot let anybody else dictate who you are and what you bring to the practice. Um, and, and I will tell you, there, there is a, you know, for lack of a better term, there is a mean girls mentality out there in some practices. Oh, absolutely. And, oh, yeah. And, and I will tell you, that's, that is absolutely one of those. You've got to take the bull by the horns and not let, as you said, not let them dictate who you are. 
uh, you know, um, but man, that's, that's a tough environment to be a part of. Well, and one thing, so what really started this off was my discussion about the queen bee. And uh, I was expecting this because none of my classes are completely comfortable to take. I'll, I mean, I'll be honest. Sometimes I make you think a little bit and sometimes I make you a little bit uncomfortable. And I made a lot of people uncomfortable in this class because I know my following that come to listen to me and I love them so much, but they're just like me. So I know the tendency to become a queen bee is strong. Yeah. And and it's because we have been empowered with so much. And so we're used to, I mean, it's like taking mothering to an, an extreme in the office. And so I'm not blasting queen bees, but there's two types. You know, there's the type that is, is the mean girls type. And then there's the one that is in charge of everything because they think if, if they're not in charge and it's all going to fall apart. And it's it's good intentions. Now, the, the mean the mean girls queen bee is not good intentions. That's just somebody who's been able to be, for lack of a better word, a bitch for yep. years. So I, I, you know, said, are you the queen bee? And then there's ha and then when I made that distinction, you could hear the room kind of lessen up because because the queen bees don't come to oh, my God. classes either. They don't think they need anything. So 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 the, the ones in the I said, so did some of you, you know, are some of you probably think you're the queen bees. And, and, you know, definitely, I'm sure some girls were like, oh, crap, she's talking about me. But when they realized what I was saying, then they got it. But the queen, if you're in an office, um, and there's a queen bee, it, if, it's, if it's not a well-meaning queen bee, get out because that queen bee is very hard to change. And likely the reason the queen bee is there is because of the doctor. And if you want to stick out that dynamic, hats off to you. Life's too short, in my opinion. Go find a better office because if you have a doctor that's enabling a queen bee, that's that's not going away. Oh, amen. Yeah. Yeah, it's so and same with it. Same with lead assistance, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing and, and granted, I don't know my zoology all that well, but if memory serves, the queen bee still can't exist without all those worker bees doing their jobs, too. And exactly. And that's something that I've, I've brought up a few times is when the queen bee thinks that he or she can run everything by themselves, they're in for a very rude awakening. And so. Uh, every once in a while, the worker bee needs to remind the queen bee just exactly what he or she does to make the business run. And, and I'm all about that whenever it comes to my assistants and reminding them of the, the valuable role they play and that they're not just spit suckers or a dime a dozen or whatever we always hear, that each one of them can make a difference if they truly believe in their own value. Now, I saw something on Reddit yesterday that made me think about it. And I know you're familiar with Reddit. If, yeah. if people listening are not familiar with Reddit, forget that I said what I just said, because Reddit is the biggest time suck oh, of your life. So if you don't know, <laughs> it's awful. So if you don't know what that is, don't Google it. I'll just share with you what I saw on it. Um, which, which was if you have to think about when is the best time to ask your boss for a vacation, if you're waiting to catch your boss in a good mood to ask about vacation, you are in a toxic environment. That's and I never thought about that, but it makes total sense. If you have to wait until your employer's in a good mood to approach them about anything, that sucks. That's really good, actually. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I, I'll probably... I actually should probably go and see maybe if I can give some credit to that person. Although it's all anonymous, you know, nobody uses their real name or anything like that. I probably need to make that into a like a motivational quote or something because 
that that hit home. And I just was thinking of all the people in my classes who were like, yeah, you know, I'm on pins and needles with this one. And I know that my boss, I have to wait, you know, if I ask her in the morning, it's not going to be a good thing. And I have to wait until she's had a good patient because then she'll be in a good mood. And I'm like, wow, that's awful. It is. It absolutely so, is. And, and I'll tell you, there are some people that that's their home life too. I mean, it's, it's a horrible thing to have to go through whenever you've got to base everything that you want on how somebody else is going to react. Now, that is interesting because you brought up home life. Now, that's interesting because one of the, um, you know, I did a lot of research for like the characters in the office and yeah. one of the, one of the types that, you know, the queen bee, the one who's kind of the bully. One thing they mentioned is, or one of the books mentioned, is that the queen bee is typically the queen bee because she is not the queen bee at home or she grew up not being the queen yeah. bee. And and I found that to be really interesting because I, you know, for I, for a couple of years, I'll admit, I think I've admitted this before, I wasn't the best manager to work for because I didn't know what I was doing. I probably was a queen bee, but it's not like I had that issue at home. I think it was more like I just got power for the first time and was like, whoa, what's all this? But but a chronic queen bee, I can totally see that, you know, not having a great home life or maybe it just didn't. They were kind of, I guess, groomed to be this way. Maybe the doctors enabling them like like they saw at home. But how how do you change that, Kevin? How do you change a person's home life affecting them? I mean, it's almost like I guess for me, I'm I am more comfortable just turning and leaving yeah. rather than having to deal with that. Well, and you know, and, and I love, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I love diving into personalities. I love to get into, you know, how to talk to each other and different communication styles and everything else. But I will also tell you, there are some people that that's just who they are. And there's times that you have to actually walk away from that person if you can. And I know that there's some situations where you can't, but man, I, you know, there, there's a quote that I use that, you know, you're the CEO of your life and you have the opportunity to, you know, demote people or fire people or, or raise them up on your own corporate ladder, you know, if you want to look at it that way. And I, I think that if there's somebody in your life right now that is just that that energy suck for you, uh, that you've got to figure out a way, how do I lessen that person's input on me? But, yeah, if, they're, if that's their almost escape is to come in and run the roost there in the practice. That's tough. Yeah. It's, it's, I, you know, and if you're in a rural area and there's not a lot of jobs, then yeah, that's, that is tough. But if you're in a suburban urban area, I'm just saying what I'm hearing from the managers is they're dying for help. They're dying yep. for good and help. I'm hearing um, so, you know, take your talents elsewhere. Yeah. If you are, a, you know, again, if you're a qualified assistant who loves what he or she does, I guarantee you there are pockets of the country right now that they are dying for that and that there's bidding wars going on for your services. I, you know, it's happening. And I think, honest, I mean, there's a lot of good ways to, to get your name out there. I mean, you've got Dental Post, you've got Indeed, there's On Diem, there's, or that's for hygienists mostly, but um, there's a lot of places out there. But the first place I would go if I were an assistant is to talk to your local rep oh, yeah. because they know who's hurting for help. They know whose office you do want to work in. They'll And honestly, if you're looking to go change to another office, talk to your local rep, because if you're getting ready to walk into a viper's nest, they will tell you. You're right. Yeah. And, and I underutilized resource for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that it's important that you take advantage, no matter what your role is in practice, take advantage of that rep who's coming in to, 
to get the latest update on what's going on down the street or which ones, you know, are doing things right that maybe you could learn from as well. Uh, I, I agree with you. So many offices don't use their reps as that kind of extension of their own practice. So when you're, so you teach the disc, what, what personality type shows up the most in your classes? Cause Ooh. assistants typically are known as one particular yeah, type, right? They are. And it's funny because really different parts of the practice fit different scales. A lot of times the office manager uh, and the dentist also fall into the D, the dominant side of things. The hygienist will often fall into the I's, the influencers. Uh, you know, I'm an S, uh, and honestly, that's where a lot of systems, where the carers, the nurturers, the can we all just get along kumbaya type of people. Uh, you know, and then there's kind of a mix in that C. Uh, a lot of office managers fall into that as well as conscientious. You know, they're they're really focused on the business and accuracy and everything else. So it, it is funny how different parts of the practice fall into those different quadrants. And, and definitely you see a lot of the same personality types showing up in different job positions. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Do you get a lot of office managers in your classes? Uh, every once in a while. And, and mostly they'll come up to me afterwards and say, I just didn't know. I just don't know how to understand my assistant. So that's why I came to this course. And I'm like, well, then you probably need more than just this course. I hate to tell you because, you know, uh, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, honestly, it's a lot of, de- a lot of dental assistants. Every once in a while, I have a dentist who sits right up front or a manager who will. Uh, but yeah, primarily assistants. Well, so I, uh, you know, and I, as a manager, I was always like, wow, you know, she's just, she's going to leave another job for money. And I was always worried about losing people because, you know, we weren't paying enough and I knew we were competitive, but we're in the DC area where, you know, people will pay ridiculous amounts of money for things like hygienists now anywhere between 55 to 60 an hour, you know, in, in certain really influential areas. It's crazy. So I always used to think that the motivation was money, but that's really not the case. And I think that's across all all personality types. It's really not about the money. And I hear, you know, oh God, I don't want to pay an assistant because it's going to be so much. They're asking for 22 an hour. And I'm thinking, you know, I understand that, but they're probably asking for 22 an hour because they've dealt with so much junk, Right. like drill in there and find out, you know, is 22 an hour appropriate? It might be. And with that 22 an hour should come an increase in production, um, you know, an improvement in efficiencies, all of that, you know, if 22 an hour just comes because she's a diva, that's a totally different thing, but it's not money. I, I think a lot of assistants and, and office managers, when I hear them changing, wanting to change jobs, it's very rare when one of them throws money into the conversation. So I did a survey uh, a couple of years ago with Dental Assisting Digest, and I asked a thousand dental assistants. I said a real simple question. Would you rather have a bigger paycheck that comes with more drama or a smaller paycheck that comes with less drama. And 72% of those respondents told me that they would rather have the smaller paycheck with the less drama. I totally so, believe that. Yeah. So that tells me right there that people just want to not have to just grit their teeth to get through the day. They actually want to enjoy what they do. They want to feel like they're part of a team. They want to feel like they're making a difference. And I, I will tell you from my vantage point, I would absolutely rather work somewhere I would enjoy than work somewhere that you're giving me money just to get through the day. I, it, life is too short. Life is too yeah, short. And, it, and it's possible. So I hear, you know, if it, when I was, when I was starting out on this, this journey to be a consultant slash speaker, 
you know, people would say to me, what, what are you doing? You're walking away from decent income and all of that. And, and you can't operate that way. You have to operate with what is your plan B anyway. So I, I came from a place of what would happen if my boss, something happened to my boss, God forget, forbid, and I had to go find my thing anyways. So yep. always have a plan B, uh, you know, think about what would you do if you were fired tomorrow? And if you think, I know it's morbid to think about that, or it's, it's very uncomfortable to think about that. But if you spend some time on it and kind of map out, okay, I would, I would call Julie at Care Credit and see if she's got a line on some jobs. I would call Jason at Patterson to find out if he knows of any openings. I would go back to school and here's when the semesters start. Like if you have thought about that and gone through that, then when it does happen, you're not going to freak out as much because you've actually run through that whole scenario. And just as an exercise, if you're listening to this now, you probably have already started thinking about that, but really spend some time on it. And then if you have a partner, because, you know, when you have a spouse or a partner, that's somebody that's going to be affected. Talk to them. How much money do we have in the bank? What would happen if, you know, I lost my job? Do we have enough to float for two months? Do we have enough for me to go back to school? Blah, 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 blah. Um, It's all about, I think, just realizing that it, anything can and will happen to you. So you have to be ready for it. Well, it goes back to kind of what we started talking about originally, you know, change. And change is inevitable. Change will happen. Things are going to happen. but the, And you can't control that, but you can control your reaction to it. And you can control how prepared you are for it. I think we're probably, you know, in about two years, we may need to replay this podcast because when it comes to change, I can tell you a lot of people don't listen to podcasts. And I think that's definitely changing, but still the people who are listening to this podcast right now, you're like a tiny, tiny percentage of consumers because even though there's a million podcasts out there, the general public has not really discovered us yet. And I will tell you that I, I, in my managers, they're like, how do I get to your podcast? And I'm like, well, you go to the website and you can listen to it from there and, or you can get an app. Oh, what app? You mean there's an app? And because people aren't familiar with it. So, um, we'll have to replay this in two years because then there'll be more listeners. (laughs) You're right. And, and, you know, by then who knows what will have changed, you know, in our lives and the world. Uh, my goodness, you know, again, change is going to happen. Uh, and new technology will evolve. New things will be introduced in the dental practice. How are you going to react to all those things? I wonder if we're ever going to get to a point where we do like hologram podcast type things where like yeah. you're driving and there's like our little faces are projected onto the screen. God. Or maybe the car is driving you and yeah, you just sit yeah. back and watch us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, you know, we're going to get to the Jetsons point here at some point soon. You know, and that's a old school reference, I know. But, uh, you know, you would think that at some point we'll just be able to, to have our podcasts in or, you know, be reading the books we're driving down the street. Hey, who knows? Well, you know, for those of you who don't know the Jetsons, all you need to know is that they had a robot named Rosie, I think. Yep. And she was the best maid ever. So that's oh, really cool. all you need to know. I, I would love a Rosie right about now, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So this is the time in the show where we kind of go a little bit light. Kevin, you and I travel a lot. And so we like to keep up on what's going on on our screens. And that means what shows have we discovered? What are we watching? What's interesting? What are you seeing out there? Oh, boy. I will tell you, I've, I've actually uh, been to two movies the uh, last three days, which is kind of weird. Uh, but it uh, took some time to do that. Uh, saw Spider-Man. Great. 
Uh, great movie. Loved it. And then uh, a quirky one called Yesterday. Uh, and and it, it's it's one of those that if you don't think too hard about it, it's really a good movie. But if you start examining <laughs> all the plot holes, uh, you're probably not going to enjoy it. But I will tell you, I liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, What's and, it about? So real quick, uh, the world loses power for 12 seconds. I don't know why. They never say why, but it happens. <laughs> and in 12 seconds, somehow the Beatles are wiped from existence. The Rolling Stones are still around. The Who is still around. But the Beatles are wiped from existence. And there's one guy on the face of the earth who remembers it. And, of course, he's a struggling musician. So he starts putting out yesterday and let it be. And I want to hold your hand. And all these, and he becomes like the greatest you know, songwriter of, of, of all time. So That's hilarious. It, it's interesting to see this this young guy who's down on his luck. All of a sudden, everything is handed to him. And what I loved about it is his reaction to it. And you start thinking about how you would react to something like that, you know, if, if you were that person. So it kind of made me think a little bit. I, I thought it was a really good movie. How about you? Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did a, you know, I was home for a lot uh, after my big run in June. I've, I've been home for a little bit. And so I've been going back to Netflix and, you know, I I put a lot of stuff on my list and I never get around to watching it. So one show that was on my list is this series called Dark. Well, and it's funny with Netflix. I don't if it's got one season, I tend not to want to watch it because I don't want to get invested. And then there's no second season like that. You know, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm selfish that way. But so I saw that a second season was coming and I thought, okay, let me watch it. So Dark is, uh, it's been dubbed. I think it's a Swedish film, but they've dubbed it into English, thankfully. It's a time traveling type of thing. There's so many characters because you have like old Sven and young Sven and all this kind of stuff. And there's a real mystery around um, the this nuclear power plant and some murders happen and who's been killing these little kids and they go back and forth. But there's so many characters, Kevin, that I had to actually get. I had to Google like a, an episode guide oh, and wow. a chart of people in there because they go back and forth. But the, I loved it. The plot was awesome. The acting was great, but if I, I needed cliff notes, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I needed cliff notes to help me through this. It's like some people will read, will watch Game of Thrones and they need to have like a Game of Thrones chart. That's kind of how I felt with this one. Wow. And, and I, and there's a funny thing that I have. I don't know if you and I have talked about this before, but I have this thing where I, I have difficulty with faces. So if somebody looks very similar, I tend to, I, I, I just assume they're the same person and I have to like listen in the dialogue for, you know, the different thing. I'll give you an example. There's two detectives on Chicago PD who look nothing alike, according to everybody I've talked to. But to me, they look like the same person. They're both tall, brown hair, white guys. They look the same to me. And when one grew a beard, I was so thankful because then I could figure out who has the beard and who doesn't. So it, and I think it goes past um, just being bad with faces. I actually think I have like, I I'm sure there's a condition for people who see like the same face. I, it's, do you know what I mean? Have you heard of that before? Oh, that's fascinating though. I had not heard of it, that. Yeah. And it tends to happen with, um, brown, short, brown haired white men. And this happens on every show. So it's not even like, like Chicago med. It's the same thing. There's two doctors on there who don't look anything alike and I still think they're the same person. So this show, it was nothing but 
white men with pretty dark hair. <laughs> and so I was like, oh no, I need like a, I need a chart. I need somebody. I need like, you remember back in the day when MTV would have videos and they had pop-up videos, like the oh, comments would pop up. Pop-up video. Absolutely. I loved them. I needed that. I needed a pop-up to say, this is Sven who killed the girl in the, in the first episode, you know? And so I need that. kind, And that's not a spoiler. I'm totally making up those names, but, but it, yeah, I need that. And I realized I need help. <laughs> you know, I, I like that idea. Maybe we need to do more pop-up things. I, I think that's a pretty cool idea, actually. <laughs> I would love it. Like, like, like in, you know, West Wing when things happen or, you know, it's been going on for so long or like in 24, yeah. like remember oh our God. show 24, yes. wow. like, like when Kim, his daughter comes online, a pop-up could say, remember when she tried to fight a Jaguar in episode <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember like, that? That's when I was like, yeah, really, 24. Yeah, yeah. Fon Fonzie <laughs> jumped the shark at that point. I mean, I'm just telling you, that's exactly right. So. <laughs> now, that's a that's an, an, a reference that, oh, that only us old weird. people will get. What Kevin just said is Fonzie jumped the shark. So in case you did not know this, if you've heard the term jump the shark, you're probably like, what do you mean jump the shark? That's when a show like does something so ridiculous that they've jumped the shark. Well, it's because of Fonzie, yeah. right? That yeah. episode right. where Fonzie went water yeah. skiing, I think, he, right? He, jumped, he literally jumped over a shark. And at that point, we all just went, you know, okay, we're done with happy days at this point. You know what I mean? That was, that was the end of that. But yeah, uh, I'm dating myself yeah. with Jetsons and Fonzie today. My God, but... Well, so Fonzie, and so people are like, still, okay, she explained, jump the shark, but who the hell is Fonzie? Fonzie, <laughs> Fonzie was on a show called Happy Days, where it was back in the 50s, and Fonzie was the cool dude in the black jacket who would be like, hey, you know, walking in, and he was the cool dude. So when Fonzie, the cool dude, with the greaser hair and all that kind of stuff, when Fonzie went water skiing and jumped a shark, what the heck yeah. is this yeah. is going on here? Out. I was so. like, you know, okay, we're good. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, my my childhood is over, yeah. right? And, so, and for, you, for those of you yeah. younger than us, Henry Winkler is still doing uh, lots of lots of amazing stuff out there. You know, it's amazing how he kind of reinvented himself after Fonzie, even. So, yeah, because that was a serious uh, typecast oh, there. Um, who who else in our day and age is probably typecast <laughs> like that? I mean, Mindy Kaling to me oh, is yeah, yeah. the new girl for the longest time. I mean, she, I, it's hard for me to see her as anything other than the new girl who, who else is kind of in that role. Well, it's hard for me to see Steve Carell other than the office. I gotta be honest. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. and John Krasinski is all of a sudden a, an action star. And I'm like, no, you know, come on, you're in the office. Uh, well, and listen, John Krasinski and Jack Ryan for any of the females or actually anybody who admires the male form. So Kevin, I know this isn't really you. No. If anybody admires the male form, John Krasinski and Jack Ryan is a real treat. So and, and in addition to that, the storyline was excellent. But yeah, I'm I'm getting I'm I'm really showing a, a side of me that I don't show very often, but but nice eye candy there. So way to go, Amazon. The male <laughs> form. I like it. So there you go. It's well, well, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna include I'm gonna include a link to the jump the shark video because I have not seen that in years. Oh my god. I'm I'm going to include that so that people will know what the heck Fonzie what's a Fonzie? Yeah. <laughs> so, season two of Jack Ryan, they're doing another one, right? 
I hope so. I hope so, too, because I really like it. I hope so. And I'd love to see the breakdown on the demographics that watch that, because anytime I say, oh, have you seen Jack Ryan? The only thing, like, you obviously aren't going to say this to me, but when a girl and I are talking about this, the first thing we talk about is, who knew Jim looked like that? (laughs) (laughs) That's It's exactly what we say. And when I go back and look at old episodes of The Office, I still can't see it. You know, we're more than just objects, damn it. Come on. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Chris Hemsworth is a certain yeah. object for me. I'll hey, tell you what. I, I took great pride in Fat Thor there in the Avengers. I'm just telling you. I was like, yeah, you know. So anyway. <laughs> I I saw Fat Thor and I thought <laughs> I still would. <laughs> I still would. I mean, Fat Thor is still Thor, right? Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> you know, just get back in the gym a little bit, like all of us. But hey, it's all good. <laughs> And some of you who don't watch any of the Marvel Avengers (laughs) films, I'm going to put up a picture of, because I've seen it, a comparison of regular Thor with Fat Thor. And so you can decide for yourself. And I don't really need listener mail on that. But, you know, if you need to share your opinion, please do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lordy. All right. We're going to wrap this up, Kevin. Any last thoughts? No. Looking forward to ADA in San Francisco. You and I speaking together. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. And hope we see a lot of our folks out there. And uh, here's to a great rest of the summer. Absolutely. So, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Check us out on whatever podcast uh, provider you have. Subscribe. We'd love some ratings. Really would appreciate it. And if you have any ideas for future episodes or if you have a story to tell and nobody told me that that you'd like to share, there is a form on my website to uh, sign up or shoot me an email at Teresa at OdysseyMGMT.com. We'd love to hear more from you and from other thought leaders in the industry. So until the next episode, thank you so much for joining us. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, OdysseyMGMT.com. That's OdysseyMGMT.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books, and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that.